0: Your employees expect top-tier medical benefits like comprehensive care access. But how can you balance these expectations against rising costs across your full benefits portfolio? Find savings and opportunities in your most highly utilized benefit, your pharmacy plan. Did you know that hospital employees fill 25% more prescriptions each year than other industries? How can you tell if all those prescriptions were needed or if you could have had significant cost savings? by filling at your own hospital pharmacies. Tap into these opportunities with an independent pharmacy benefits partner and solutions designed around your unique requirements and resources. Rx benefits provides pharmacy benefit strategies from expert advisory services to programs that leverage your hospital pharmacy's purchasing power, all while offering competitive benefits with award-winning customer service. We've been working with hospitals for over 15 years. And our clients range from rural and critical access hospitals to large health systems with healthcare-specific solutions that make the most of hospital assets and dispensing capabilities. Visit us at employers.rxbenefits.com or click the link in the show notes to learn how to boost your benefits with an optimized pharmacy plan.
1: Hello, ASHRA listeners. Welcome to another episode of the ASHRA podcast. I'm your co-host, Luke Kerrigan, here in person yet again with his beautiful face, your other co-host, Bo Brabo. We have the pleasure today of speaking with Gail Games. Gail is the VP and Chief Learning and Development Officer at Holzer Health System. Uh, we have an amazing conversation before I hit record. I should start hitting record before we even, you know. Yeah, should just, just
2: like, like secretly, incognito. as soon as you set up, just hit the record button. and Yeah, when we yeah that's everything. what I'm
1: thinking. Yes, yes, that's what I'm thinking. So, so, Gail, welcome to the show.
3: Good morning.
1: We're pumped to dive into some things. But to start off, uh, give the audience just an idea of who is Gail?
3: personally professional just all of it you can go wherever you want with that okay so i i'm the vice president as you well know chief learning and development officer with holzer health system we're a small health system in southeast ohio right in the heart smack dab of appalachia um we i commune an hour every day from Chillicothe, Ohio. Wow. But it's all highway. Um I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Mostly murders. <laughs> I'm addicted to the murders. Yeah. Um let's see. I have three grown children. I have one granddaughter, one on the way. Two oh. children that won't leave the house. Um I got that going for me, but when I'm at work I love what I do. I love to train. I love to coach. I love to create content that really hits the mark with mm-hmm. leadership development. Um, I have a great crew of individuals that are started their own podcast, which is exciting. Mm-hmm. We also started our own TikTok channel. So we're doing education via TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I don't know. In my spare time, I love to watch Hulu and Netflix and read and live sports. Love pro sports.
1: Nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. So I have a question to get us started off on. And this is going to be for the HR professionals or leaders, managers out there that aren't at the Gale level, we'll Mm -hmm. say. Because you have a, I'm going to say probably a deep understanding of how adults learn things. Right. Right. Which is different than how we teach kids. So I, I do think... People aren't that good at it if they don't. If they're not intentional and they focus mm-hmm. on it. Can you give, can you give us, us sort of like the HR leader that's unfamiliar with it? What are some things they can do to really have an impactful training without, you know, having to become the chief learning officer?
3: Yeah. So stay away from death by PowerPoint. I am. Uh, and I tell the group the group that work for me that it's not the way you train adults. Yeah. You do not stand up there and go slide by slide and expect them to remember what you're doing. Especially if now clinical skills a little bit different. Obviously, if you're just trying to give them some book things, that's fine. But if you're really trying to hit the mark with behavioral change or anything like that, activities, activities, you got to practice. you got to practice so that they can gain a good understanding of what they're doing. So anything that I build or my team builds, it's got to be interactive. It's got to be fun. Um, And that's what the workshop I'm doing later on today Mm -hmm. is I only have three slides. And it's literally them doing what I'm trying to teach them how to do and take it back to their own organization.
2: See, that's cool. There are a lot of folks just ingrained and I think it's I think it's because in the past we got to have these got to have these big slide decks yeah, right yeah and to get people out of that sometimes is really difficult it's a change because their mind is so stuck in I have to have all of this content on a slide yeah right well, yeah but it was the only tool in the toolbox mm-hmm. yeah so that's like, so that's like if, if just with you
1: saying that like if I'm putting myself in the leader's shoes and that's the default yeah. which it is, it is yeah is my PowerPoint deck and putting in the content in there, and then I listen to Gail's episode and she goes, Hey, you can't do, that. do it. I have no plan B. <laughs> but so, will you walk us through a little bit? So, you said activities, activities that maybe give the listeners a couple ideas where it, a leader can just be like, Oh my gosh, I can do this, and I can ditch the power, and you can
3: completely do it. So, for example, um, we studied some improv. We went to second city mm. in Chicago. We studied some improv. If you're going to do something around communication, do an improv game, buy an improv book. I yeah. mean, it's so simple Yeah. and include some of those improv activities in your training. They're fun. Yes. They hit the mark. They make people laugh. Um, it's not it's not difficult. It really is not difficult. And there's so much information out there on the internet. Um, just Google. Yeah. Activities around communication. I, love that. I you know, yep. anything like that.
2: Luke and I were talking yesterday, like, for our podcast and how we were describing it to and we did the same with the Bo and Luke show and now with the Astra podcast. Like people ask, you know, what's what's the format? You know, what are the questions? Like, well, we're more like HR improv. <laughs> Right. Because if if we give our guest a list of questions and like and that's all we do is question one, you answer, question two, you answer. We never have a conversation. Right. We never dive into maybe we want to ping you a little more on something that you said. We don't know what you're gonna say. Right. Right? But we should be in tune enough to the topic that we can just ask questions and get you to talk more about certain things than just go with some scripted, which is like a slide deck. Slide deck is scripted, right? Really, yeah. it's a script. I'm going to yeah. follow the script in this meeting or this training session or this leadership development session, and we're just going to go through the slides, right? And you're just gonna, yes. I'm just going to expect you to absorb everything that I'm telling you.
3: Yes. And training is not a presentation. Right. And the worst that you can possibly do is have a slide deck and then turn around and read. Your slide deck, yeah, because if I need you to we're all adults, I assume everyone in the room can read, so mm-hmm. i don't need you to read it to me if that's the case, just hand me the slide deck and i'll go back to what I was doing yes. I'll just go back to what I was doing, so yeah, yeah,
2: we've made so many connections the past two days with um, what people are now talking about in healthcare hr and even what you're talking now back to Things that I did in the military. I'm a I'm a military guy. Mm-hmm. 20 plus years in the army. Um, but the philosophy, and I think this is why it works so well. It's like, yes, corporate America, let's get more of that. Is I'm going to teach you, you're going to do it. Yes. Under my supervision, if you will, and, and in a training environment, and then I'm going to test you, right, where you're doing it on your own. Yes. Right, with no guidance, and I want to see how you absorbed what we were teaching you, right? It's not sit in a classroom, I'm going to show you a bunch of stuff, and then I'm sending you back to your office.
3: Yes. Yeah. I Absolutely. I what you're talking about. Absolutely. Fantastic.
1: All right, this is good. So we're learning stuff now. So I, this is why I love doing this podcast, right? So what I'm hearing is we're going to ditch the slide deck. <laughs> yeah. Right? And then we're going to take what Bo said too, which you loved, which I think is probably what you do anyway, right, from the military. I'm going to teach you, you're going to do it, and then I'm going to test you. So now let's let's think of something that we normally do. Could be anything. What are we going to teach people how to do and just brainstorm off the top of our head how we could do this without a PowerPoint?
3: Mm. So the thing I'm going to do this afternoon is teach them how to create their own culture commitment.
0: Stay with us. We'll be right back.
3: Bo and Luke Nation. Discover your leadership edge with Edge Leadership Academy. Their expert coaching transforms high performers into influential leaders. Whether in business or athletics, they tailor their approach to your unique journey. Embrace their mentorship and workshops to elevate your leadership skills. Join the ranks of those who lead with confidence and purpose. Visit edgeleadershipacademy.com to start your transformation. Edge Leadership Academy, where leaders are made. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Ah. Ooh. That can Ooh. be done completely Ooh. without a slide deck. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yep. 100%. Do you want
3: to know how you do it? I, 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 I yeah. Listen, I
2: didn't want to, like, have a spoiler. Like, your I didn't attendees know if it was okay, You're not going to hear this until... And afterwards. It'll just be a refresher for them when they hear it on the podcast. Yes, I listened to Gail at her event or at her (laughs) workshop. That was fantastic. Yes. Well,
3: God love you. I hope so. But I'm also last... At the end of the day, on the last day. So, who knows? They save
2: the best uh-huh, for That's the okay. That's so nice yeah. of you. Of course. And, because, <laughs> right. you know, it's the committed people that you're going to get because they're also the ones that will also be here for the final... The NASCAR the party. NASCAR part, that's right. right.
3: That's Absolutely. right. I mean,
1: it's the closing keynote, really. You're the closing so. keynote. Amazing. It's
3: one yeah. way to think about it. Right. I'm yes. going forward with that in my head. Right. Um, so, basically, I call it the purge. So, mm. the first thing you do is you break up into groups and everyone has to brainstorm around what behaviors can you no longer tolerate? What drives you crazy? Mm -hmm. And I know that you too can think of some, like Mm -hmm. people who don't respond to your emails, Mm -hmm. people who pass you in the hallway, never say hello, people who make commitments in meetings, but never follow through, those sorts of things. Then what you have to do, once you have all that work in front of you, then you have to flip it. So, if you can't tolerate someone who no longer responds to your emails, what should the expectation be? Mm -hmm. So, then you pair all of those things that you've just, blah, dumped, flip them all around, and then... You take the values of your organization, assuming you already have values in your organization, and you start putting those with the values. Mm -hmm. So you start compartmentalizing,
0: compartmentalizing
3: them, and then you can easily start sliding in those sentences of expectations within the values. Oh, I love
2: it! I'm in our session. Yeah,
3: three twenty.
2: I will be there.
1: Yeah, I'm Yeah, I'm there. This is going to be yeah. my brain is already moving on how we can uh-huh. do this cuz cuz I'm thinking my mind went to okay what's, business- what's businessly acceptable is businessly a word it is now it
3: is yeah it, it is, is now. now
1: okay um what's what's, what's acceptable what's is 24, 24 hours anywhere beyond, anywhere beyond that for an email response in my in my opinion is unacceptable, is unacceptable. wait an acknowledgement of the email mm-hmm. if you need more information that's fine, that's mm-hmm. fine. people will give you but acknowledge that person's yeah. outreach within 24 hours. Now we could tie this to a core value of why we have those 24 hours or why we respond. Is it because we care about everybody that we, we interact with, right? Or we have a high standard of communication with everybody that we have and that's a core value. So I'm just working through it in my head. You could probably make that a lot better, but that was just within like 30 seconds.
2: Yeah. No, I think what you, I think that process is absolutely amazing. When we, when Luke and I moderated the executive symposium yesterday, mm-hmm. um, we talked about culture. One thing that we talked about, and the comment came out that culture is what you tolerate. So then, to hear you say, "Let's talk about what you won't tolerate," is yeah. in my mind's like, well, that's the next step. Right. If culture is what we tolerate, we got to figure out what will we not tolerate. Correct. Right. Right. And then, yeah, I've written about it in this book. I'll give you a copy. I would love your feedback on it because it's all about values and how you get to those behavioral expectations. Right. And we have a great story because I I just think it's, you need the stories of companies who have done this because not enough do it. JetBlue, JetBlue, when they were creating their airline and one of the founders of JetBlue is a good friend of our show. And, um, They brought their initial set of executives, all of them, to one spot. What did they have? They had like 80 people, I think it was. So, 80 people in the company, they brought them all together. Mm -hmm. We need to figure out what are our values? What do we stand for? What does JetBlue, what kind of airline do we want to be? And it was a whole weekend. And the first, like almost through the entire first day, they were getting nowhere. Like they were going nowhere fast. Yeah. So, one of the founders stood up and he's like, okay, listen. We're not going, this isn't, we're not, we're not doing any good for ourselves at all, right? Here's your homework. When you, when you leave today and you go back to your hotel, here's your, here's your homework for the night. I want you to think of and write down 100 things that you absolutely hate or will not tolerate about the airline industry, right? Yes, that yes. you will not tolerate, that we just, you just cannot stand it. So that's your homework. They came in the next morning. Everybody had done their homework. So now they just started putting up on the wall all the things that they will not tolerate about the airline industry. They don't want to. And then he said, okay, we don't need to be that. We have to be something yep. different, right? And that just kind of launched their whole real discussion on what are our values going to be. And they're the same values today, almost 25 years later since they started the company. And they went through almost a process. of they work, yeah. They work, right? So I love that you're doing that.
3: Well, and I've done it for five different organizations Uh um, across my tenure. And um, they all kind of land in the same – they do. Because as human beings, we want to be heard. Um, We don't want to be gossiped about. So that lands in just about every culture commitment. I'm going to talk to you and not about you. right? Um, And then also to assume good intent – Instead of ill intent, we always yes. assume ill intent of one another when something doesn't go well, and it's really not about you. Right. And there's probably something else completely going on. It's wonderful advice. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. there's
2: some, some good um, just kind of human nature in that where where you're starting folks with what we, you won't tolerate. Um, sometimes it's a lot easier to answer that question than to sit there and think, whoa, what behaviors do I want? Where your mind might be able to, to really lean in on what behaviors do I not want? <laughs> Because yes. you've
3: got someone's face in your brain yes. while like, you're doing it. I didn't like it. that. Right. Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. right. Eas- yeah. Way easier to come Way up with easier. That. Yeah. And then, you,
2: and then you set yourself up for success to then define what it is. Well, I don't like right. that. So then what's the opposite of that? That I Correct. Want, right. Right. So I think what you're on is yeah. uh, perfect.
1: I totally agree. Random question, but I'm curious in your response. If you haven't done this, that's totally fine. But I think you probably have. How do you train people to interview other people for jobs? Because this is just one task where I think as professionals, like the United States is yeah. horrible yeah.
3: at it. Uh, so we train on behavioral-based interviewing, sure. which is sure. not a new term. Um, unfortunately, in healthcare, many organizations have warm body syndrome. Mm-hmm. So it turns into, have you ever been late for work or are you going to be here on time? Mm-hmm. Um, instead <laughs> instead of asking about, can you give me an example of, can you um, tell me about a time when, because that's going to um, project what they're going to do in the future. And that's how we train people to interview where yeah. I work. Okay. Um, Behavioral based questions. We can teach the skill, mm-hmm. but you can't teach someone's attitude. I mean, that's not a new statement, yeah. but I believe it. Complete, right. 100%.
1: Right. So, so are these then tied back to your core values, the behavioral we questions?
3: We do, yeah. In fact, That's we cool. show um, new candidates our culture commitment upon mm-hmm. interview and say, here's what we're about.
2: Nice. Mm-hmm.
1: I
3: like that.
2: Yeah. I think even even for me when I was interviewing candidates, and, and I loved it because when you, when you infuse behavioral-based questioning... You really can get into a conversation with the yes. candidate versus a yeah. Q&A session, which is kind of what we were discussing about the podcast, right? It's a Q&A session. And I've had candidates look at me after the interview's over and say, whether I get this job or not, that was the best interview I've ever had, Yeah, right? Yeah. Because I felt like you talked to me and you wanted to learn about me, right? It's a way different approach than saying, you know, I've got a list in front of me. And especially for hiring managers outside of HR, I have 20 questions I'm supposed to ask. Right. Right. So let me ask these questions. And as I'm asking questions, I may be taking more time to like write down notes, right? Then actually look at you. Right. And and try to hear what you're actually telling me. So then I can make a real uh, kind of judgment about "Hmm, how are you going to fit on my team?
3: That's exactly right. And you can, you used the word ping earlier ping in the interview and when they say something you say tell me what you learned from that because Ooh. it's all about I want to make sure that I'm hiring someone on my team at least yeah that's growing and developing as a human being and a professional and so if they can't tell me anything that they've learned from a past situation then that's a red flag to right. me because it shows less self-reflection right. and more deflection
2: yep absolutely
1: I love what you got to with positive intent as well, you know, assume positive intentions. And that's huge. I would love for a company to, you know, want to help each other from the hiring leader and the candidate side. Like, can you imagine a world where we sat down at the beginning and I said, you know, Gail, our goal is to align people that have our best values with the jobs that we have available. No matter how this goes, my commitment to you is that if I think you can make a positive contribution with one of my peers at a different company, at a different division, I'm going to let you know that. And I'm going to make the intro for you. Also, with what you learned from this interview, if you have a friend or a peer that you think would properly align with this, I would like for you to make the intro to them, too. Yes. You know, and starting off with that positive intent of regardless of how this is going to go or what the future holds, because none of us really know. I'm going to try to make a positive outcome for you as an individual. And guess what? Even if it doesn't work out, sometimes you have a candidate that came in that was a perfect fit, a perfect puzzle piece for your what you were looking for. Your silver medalist or the second place wasn't bad. They may have been lights out, right? Well, now that candidate goes away two or three years. Yeah. They go get different skills. They go get different experience. Yes. yes. Do you think they'll let, they're never going to forget that? And they'll want to come back,
2: hopefully, right? Right, yes. 100%. That's right. Yes. Make a good experience, a really good experience for the candidate, whether they get hired or not on that occasion, right? You're giving them, uh, you're giving them inspiration, maybe years down the road, like we've said. Yes. I I want to go back to Holzer. Like, I, I want to work for them. So obviously I was missing something the first time around, right, right? Right. So let me go out and get that. Right. And then I'll go back and try again. Yeah. Cause because that's where I want to be. Because that's where I really want to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's gold. It seems so simple. It really does. It seems like common sense, but we know that that's not. Yeah.
1: It is disarming. Happens. Like make the candidate comfortable right when you sit down with them, like disarm each other. Your guard is up. Yeah. It, it's, it's tough yes, to be in that position. It is. it is. Wow. But I love the behavioral based questions. Lead them, back. lead them back to the core values that you have. Disarm. Disarm folks, assume positive intent. There's a lot of good content here. Yeah.
2: Culture commitment. Yeah. Good. Yes. Be active in that. Yes. Don't just no no death by PowerPoint. No. no. So many good nuggets. Please know this episode.
3: <laughs> yes. Great. You're good. Yeah.
1: Gil, give us, I know there's good. another one in there. Give us another like good nugget. Are there any sayings that you like when you wake up in the morning, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to X, Y, Z. You
3: know, There isn't what I I wish there was, I wish I could be like, bam, but, (laughs) but, um, couple things you did ask me, you did send me questions. I appreciate Mm -hmm. that. One of the questions though, that does resonate with me, every organization I go to, and it's part of the risk of being a coach too, um, is that you had asked, you know, what was a good business lesson or what was Mm -hmm. something that really, uh, you remember, the biggest thing I always carry throughout my career is I can't, I can't control what people say about me mm-hmm. when they leave the room. And yeah. I also can't control how they convey or their reaction. But what I can control is how I react and how yeah. I carry myself. Right. Um, and that's been the biggest, especially working with physicians, 100%. especially working with physicians. That's what I've learned. Um, things get twisted around a lot. Can't control that, but I can control what comes out of my mouth and my intent.
2: Right. Yeah.
3: The other, I do have a nugget. I do have a nugget. It just came to me. I cannot, let me think, let me think, let me think. I can, oh, two things. Um, People judge you by your actions. You judge yourself by your intent. And they're doing the exact same thing with themselves, by the way. Yes. And second of all, um... I say this a, a lot in training. Um, the things that are going, people fill in lack of fact with their own fiction, and the things that are going on in my head are ten times more dramatic than anything that's yes. going on in real life. So right. The so right. stories I can create are <laughs> yeah. amazing.
2: My my yeah. wife, I love that you said that. Um, <laughs> I think this is why my wife and I work so well in our communication. Like we we, we just we don't argue, but there there are times when either one of us might say something. And if the other person who's the receiver of that statement feels like, Hmm, I'm not sure what the intent of that was. Like that doesn't, I don't really like that statement. Our first question back to the other is, can you, can you kind of explain what you meant by that? What was your intent of the statement? Because I don't think it's resonating with me, maybe the way you intended it to, to resonate. yeah, Right. So then we just have a discussion. And then you're like, okay, now I get it. Right? Yeah, right, or, yeah, sure, right. Or I'm 100%, something like that. But I think that is a great comment. People judge you by your actions, but you judge yourself by,
3: by your, your intent. By your intent. And they're doing the exact same thing doing doing with themselves. themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yep.
1: good. So good. Yeah, I think about like, and it's a big problem. It is. Today, like, you, like a simple Especially example. in today's of, world. Right? How about an employee that does a really good job? They're like, I know I did a great mm-hmm. job with this. But guess what? The leader did not thank them. For their good Mm -hmm. job that day Well the leader does not care at all Because to them it's not even a thing Right it's not not that they don't care Like you might have done a good job But now you get stuck in your own head As the employee and you're like They don't value Mm -hmm. me They don't care Mm -hmm. Next thing you know you're interviewing for a job job. You, You leave And the intent wasn't there at all They might be just thinking The leader might be wow they're such a great employee They always do a great job yeah,
3: The employee just thought something totally yep. different. Yeah.
1: He didn't thank me. We get stuck in our own heads as humans just way all too much. All
3: the time. Yeah. We tell ourselves stories all the time. It's so, I, it's so And bad. I think
2: you can roll that right back around to what you said about training, mm-hmm. right? And why yeah. you need to engage them and, and have activities and, and watch them do it. Because that's the only way for you to see that your intent came off the right way. Right. If I taught them the way I intended to teach them and I'm saying the right things, then I should see them be able to demonstrate that. Right. Right. Yes. Versus the death by PowerPoint. Everything I intended to teach you, maybe it came across. Maybe it didn't. Right. 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 Um, yeah. Wow. I love when it, you can just bring that stuff just full circle it's, back to.
3: It's perfect.
2: It's perfect. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. This is amazing. Awesome, Gil, this one has been one of my favorite episodes. It's well, thank so far. you. Showing up with the nuggets. <laughs>
2: Yes, <laughs> I'm learning a lot. Yeah,
3: they were nuggets on the fly. By the way, you're
1: going to have they, fly they are
3: fly nuggets.
2: You are going to have I a think, great work session this afternoon. Yeah, we
1: good, are good. I need a t-shirt that says "Fly Nuggets." Fly on Nuggets. <laughs> yeah,
2: Nuggets.
3: On it's the fly. let's coin it registered. Oh, we registered trademark.
2: That's right.
1: Done. Well, before we sign off, we give our guests a chance to just say whatever you want. The floor is open for you. So, oh
3: wow. Mm. Um. I don't know. I'm having a good time. I'm so happy yes. that you asked me to be on your podcast. Um, I'm excited about this afternoon, and hopefully it's a good lunch. I that's hope so. all I got. <laughs>
1: it's going to be great. I can't wait for this closing keynote. You're going to rock uh-huh,
3: it. Closing keynote. I am going to rock it. <laughs> that's right.
1: It's going to be amazing. All right. Well, Gail, thanks, well, Gail, thanks so much. Uh, Asher, Asher listeners, that's a wrap.